0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. This is actually episode 67 and we're recording on Saturday, February 13th. I'm here with my buddy. For sure. And I am Cohen. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, it's freezing here in Houston. <laughs> it's probably freezing all over. Um but, yeah, it's supposed to be getting colder and colder and colder, but it's really cold here. But what's your background today, Koshio? What do you got up there?
1: Um, it's a Swiss 777 um, taking off from uh, Everett in Washington.
0: State. Oh, that's, I guess, a delivery flight? Flight or?
1: testing. No, I think it's a flight test. Oh, okay. Because it still has the N registration on the aircraft.
0: Ah, there we go. There we so go. doesn't
1: have HB.
0: Yeah, very cool, very cool photo. Um, so, you ever been on a, de- a delivery flight? No, uh, dude, they are the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I did one. Yeah. There was the the Continental Seven Six Seven Two Hundred. Um, it, it's amazing. It, it's it's actually does a it's a charter flight in a sense. So um, it was it was kind of cool. Um, that was way, way back when. Um, and I've got a photo of JFK Airport, which I took um, about a year ago, um, a little over a year ago, I guess it was. And it's, I think that's, what do I have? Is it Emirates tail? if you can see that? Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Virgin, and who's that in the Anchor Egypt egypt yeah it's so weird because on my image it's actually flipped around and so it looks a lot different than the photo itself um all right so we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today so we're gonna jump right in it because of course our industry is going um crazy as usual uh all right airlines um you know, we we don't have on, on here, and I just thought about it. Um, but there is talk of having domestic uh, testing, right? Testing, yeah. Yeah. Is that getting any traction or, or is that just talk for now?
1: It spiked for a little bit. And then um, a lot of experts completely pooh the idea as being economically and logistically unfeasible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think that would
0: work at all. I guess unless we have like rapid testing or something, right? Um, at the... Yeah, again, who's going to pay for it?
1: Given how price conscious consumers are? Well, that's, we should probably back up and say that government is towing with the idea of having all domestic air passengers in the U.S. undergo a COVID test before boarding their aircraft, uh, their flight. Now, and... We... Um, Go ahead. Almost immediately, a lot of airline experts jumped down the throat of the government, so to speak, mm-hmm. and said this was not feasible. And and I believe them, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good idea, so, but I don't think it's feasible because we don't It's a good the, idea, but not feasible. We don't have the systems in place to do it. Yeah. No, outside, not at outside of, all. Outside of the cost, people will pay if they have to pay. Um, but it's-
1: But given that Switch airlines for a five dollar fare difference. You think they're going to pay almost one hundred dollars for a, even a rapid test? On top of that, I don't yeah, think so.
0: People, people will pay if if they if if that's what it is. That's what it is, right? But what it will do is that you'll have fewer people flying. There's no question about that. Um, yeah. Uh, because you know some people, and of course, the airlines will. And the airlines already have an severely answer. impacted. Yeah. Enough um, problems. Yeah. But the issue, though, with it is that you're trying to make the system safer, but the system isn't ready for it. It's, I think is I think is really what the um. It's not that people do people say it's a bad idea to do it. It's a bad idea because we're not ready to do it. I guess
1: ready for it. Nope. Logistically. Yeah. No,
0: yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So. All right. So that's out there. Um, I thought I'd bring it up. We didn't have it on here, uh, on our little list. All right, so let's jump into it. Um, So Delta has a digital concierge service.
1: Hmm? So this, I've included this because this whole travel health passport thing is getting a little out of hand, at least in my opinion.
0: It is stupid.
1: You have all these different companies and organizations bringing out all these competing um, health passports that are supposed to work together. So my question is, why is everybody doing this? And why aren't they standardizing on one system? Like for instance, IATA, which is a worldwide travel organization, almost all airlines belong to it, Mm -hmm. and... uh, like Delta is testing, I mean, several of these. Like now it's got this digital concierge that sounds grand, but really is the same thing it's doing with the clear system that I'll get to, and also this verify that it's doing with United. Mm-hmm. What is this digital concierge? It's essentially a health passport. It was um, unveiled at uh, the Consumer Electronic Show 2020 in Las Vegas. And it is to, as they say, anticipate and address evolving travel needs to guide customer, customers through booking, COVID test scheduling and document verification through one channel on delta.com or the Fly Delta app. So it's all based on the destination you're flying to. And it essentially tells you what you need to do to prepare for your flight. What are the health requirements? Um, to enter the country or state or city that you're traveling to, and when you need to schedule your tests and all that sort of thing. So, um, as I said, it's also partnering with the clear health plan, health pass actually. And this is for passengers who have the clear security system which is a US thing. Uh, It's doing it for one Los Angeles, Honolulu flight starting on February 18th. So um, it just gives you uh, another means of trying to avoid lines at Hawaii airports and to expedite the whole uh, travel process so you avoid the quarantine and all the screening that you have to go through when you enter Hawaii from the mainland or from anywhere actually. Yeah. One thing that is nice is that it's also partnering with cruise lines, hotels, and entertainment industries to standardize and streamline all requirements, which is, I mean, a smart idea, but I'm not sure if an, a passenger's BNR actually tells them what, if they're going on a cruise or if they're staying at a hotel. So you have to probably book through Delta Vacation, something like that, for um, it to really be meaningful.
0: Christopher, you have to tell people what a PNR
1: is. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a passenger name record, which is really the identification of your um, travel details. It's that, depending on which airline you're looking at, five- to six- to seven-letter combination of um, alphabet and numeric code that uniquely identify you as the
0: traveller. Uh, there we go. I just wanted to, you said that, and I was like, because not everyone knows what a PNR is. <laughs> this is true. No, it's all good. Um, so, so uh, yeah,
1: I don't get this. Why is everyone doing this? And what is money involved though? So, um, is it, yeah, you're, they're not supposed to use your information.
0: No. I mean, I can
1: understand, I understand that that's a marketable so on, uh, what, yeah. set of data.
0: Yeah, but based on what you explained, it sounds like the, um, the system that Delta is talking about is just based on, um, uh, so, so another industry term, Tematic. Uh, yeah. And Tematic- United's doing something
1: similar, though, yeah, has they, done something similar.
0: Well, all the airlines have access to that data. And what Tematic is, is it's a system that, can, that has all the information about what are the entry requirements um, right. to, from, or through a country.
1: Yeah, the disease. If you have to have any yeah. vaccination, exactly. this or
0: that. And this stuff is not new. It's just become more right. prevalent last over the last year because everybody. But it, there's an internet version. You can go to any airline's website and type in where you're going and all that, and they will tell you what the information is. So what Delta is doing, they're just taking that information and feeding it to the to the customer, in their right app is basically what they're doing. It's I don't think it's a problem. right quote-unquote, passport, they, because um, they're just... But it is
1: intended to be that, though, where yeah, you can store your uh, COVID details, your well, your test results, and all that sort of thing. Because as they call it a health passport.
0: They're just calling it that, but it's not really that. It's just, it's just, I think it's just a marketing term. So they're just basically so, putting it in their app. Now Every airline that you fly with will do that, because I have the customer details, and I want to have, make sure yeah. all that information is in there. And so when we end up transmitting it, because they do transmit your data to international countries, everything will go over. Um, so and I guess that's where the systems will, will talk Egypt. So it makes sense that each airline would have that information in their passenger name record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think it's a, it's, I guess it's a, they're calling it a health passport, but it, it's
1: digital concierge
0: it's just a marketing term sounds it's, grand it sounds grand exactly but it makes sense sounds the intimidating would be uh well yeah well you know it's it sounds like i'm special right <laughs> <laughs> which is the whole idea and yeah so it yeah it, it, it makes sense that they're doing that um because uh, that is where all the information is Now, the interesting thing is that everyone's getting all up in arms about, you know, digital passports and stuff like that. Um, These visa visa and health requirements are nothing new. This is something that has always been out there. And we do have, I keep talking about that yellow card we have. And the weird thing now is that we now have a COVID card and I didn't get it. Why didn't they just use the yellow cards? Yellow vaccination cards that we have for travel for the COVID card. So if you have one, just update that. I think whenever I go for a vaccine, I'm gonna take that card and go, can we put the information on here too? Because so it's have... an
1: actual yellow card? It's actually yellow. Oh yeah and not just for yellow fever.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. The card is yellow. <laughs> okay. And you have it still? Uh-huh. You haven't lost it? No, I haven't lost it. It's in my password. Wow. I'm uh... Yeah. Um, I will actually, um, I will actually, Actually, I'm going to pause and go get it. Hold on. No, no, no. Please yes, don't yes, do yes, 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 no.
1: Yes, no, no one cares. No course, one really
0: cares. Hold on, no. hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I'm pausing. Return to recording. All right. So I went and I got my password. <laughs> and inside, can't find it, Kusher.
1: Of course, you cannot. You
0: lost it. It's just too much crap in here, is what it is. All right. So, this is the see, it is actually. Oh, it is yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Oops, it's disappearing now. It is actually yellow. Okay. Um, Mine is actually in tatters. (laughs) You even read it. Yeah. Okay. It says yellow fever. I had gotten this um, on. The date was the 25th of April, 2012. Okay. Um, that's when I got it. And manufacturer and batch number of vaccine. Was... Okay, that's
1: way too much information for
0: yeah, the but, audience. But it's all on there and- um, Okay.
1: This is- But I can see everybody losing these yellow cards.
0: Uh, no, I still have mine. It's been since 2012. You just keep it in your passport. Yeah. And it shows, well, it's in tatters, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: good luck getting a health inspector to verify that.
0: Well, this is why we, we need digital records, right? Yes. Uh, the, the, the background is causing it to go crazy. But, uh, that's why we need digital so records. So it's actually in one piece still? Um, well, it's in four pieces. Okay though it is in it is in it is in four separate pieces okay uh-huh. um but yeah. so anyway so um we do need a digital version of this there's no question about that um but the thing is though, it wouldn't stay with an airline it would actually stay with me yes and uh and that's what we don't have yet so at some point they need to figure out how are we are going to make this information stay with the, the but they person.
1: are all these these uh, health passports are doing exactly that, They're keeping it on your mobile device.
0: Um. Yeah, I hear so, that, but I, I guess, yeah. But we need some way of making sure it stays with the individuals, um, right? It's kind of what they need, to and they're all trying
1: to be to integrate with each other, and we're going to talk about this. Yeah, A little bit later as well.
0: But, but well, the thing is that the only way for them to integrate with each other is for them to swap data between the different airlines. And an airline ain't going to swap no data with you, with each other. I mean, yeah. they barely do that as uh, alliance partners. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. All right. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, the, the next... Story is probably should have been an aircraft story, but um, it's the one about UPS and the A300s. Okay. Um, but it's, well, it's an airline. We, we'll squeeze it in here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this so, is pretty cool, oh, though. Oh, oh, you... Wait, are, are you done with the? Um... Yes, yes. All right. So, what's going on with UPS and the A3? So,
1: UPS has 52 um, A300, 600Fs. Um, this is an aircraft, of course, that started operations in the 70s. But UPS purchased them in 2000. So they're about 20 years old already. And uh, um, this was pretty incredible that the flight management system um, computers on this aircraft has 200 kilobytes kbs of memory, which is a pittance compared to, which is like less than a pittance compared to what modern computers and all that sort of stuff have. So what they were having to do is that for the U.S. to load all the um, navigational maps and things like that, they had to divide the the country into five separate geographic regions. And before every flight, they would load only the region where the aircraft was flying. Let's say it was flying from uh, Texas to, I don't know, to Louisville, where the headquarters are. So it would only load that part of the country. It would take 45 minutes to do, and um, it was proving to be problematic, especially if the aircraft was flying international. So what they've done is that they have partnered with Honeywell and Airbus to update these flight management um, uh, computers on these planes, and they estimate by doing that they will be able to squeeze an additional 20 years of service from these aircraft. Um, Which is remarkable, um, except for the fact that these are not the most efficient planes in the world, given that they were designed in the 70s. But it's much cheaper, supposedly, to use these planes and upgrade them than it is to buy an equivalent new aircraft which probably would be the 767-300 Freighter, which apparently um, retails on average for about 80 million US dollars each. So um, Airbus has been testing this, has been responsible, and they've been testing it for two years now in flight. Um, And they just released it back to UPS um, for entry into service. And now what UPS wants to do Is it wants to parcel this um, program out to separate companies? And I believe they have decided on the two companies, but they haven't um, detailed, given, provided many details about which companies these are to do this for um, UPS instead of Airbus doing it. So it's going to take apparently three weeks, and they expect the entire fleet to be done by 2022. And uh, this is the first time that Honeywell has actually uh, completely redesigned the, and replaced the avionics on a cargo aircraft. And they expect that there are, there is a market for about a thousand of these planes, which was surprising to me because I didn't realize there were close to a thousand Airbus 300 planes out there, still in service. I know Iran has a few, but, uh, passenger service, then, was... or is that just no? A... Iran, I think, is passenger. Yes.
0: Yeah, but I mean, anybody else? I didn't think anybody I don't else
1: was passenger. I really don't know. Yeah. So, wow. um, um, I just thought this was a very interesting story, and the cockpit looks completely different if you see a before and after picture, because the early planes had all these. Hundreds and hundreds of dials that I have no idea how you keep track of, <laughs> and now it's got these sleek uh, screens um, in their place.
0: So they basically put the A330 systems in the A300.
1: <laughs> I don't think.
0: Well, you know, I don't know. They're probably. I, don't know. I mean, why would they go create brand new things, right? It seems yeah. Like they would just use something that they something that's existing. That, True. that
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: To do it. And I guess the airframe is still good enough. So that's all that's Yeah. You, yeah. They'll do their D checks and their C checks. Um, actually, um, about the airframes, um,
1: I, I think they've got plenty of cycles left.
0: Yeah. yeah. As regards
1: yeah. UPS, because there's a certain cycle limit that you cannot really exceed without it becoming economical, uneconomical to operate. But UPS, yeah. I mean, the UPS planes are relatively new, come to think of it, because they're just barely 20 years old. Are
0: so my UPS so, rates going to go up?
1: <laughs> well, actually, UPS is under pressure. The CEO is under pressure to cut capital expenditure. And this was one way of doing it. Instead of replacing these aircraft to...
0: Well, them, And could squeeze... Get- they more get life on trucks those trucks what's that they could get some better delivery trucks they're really old oh, wow <laughs> are think- they old oh, they not that old oh my god they're so old but they maintain them really well so okay. <laughs> so that's good um, all, right. all right way to go brown <laughs> so yeah although um, speaking of trucks the trucks that they use in the u.s are really old when you go to europe they're really nice And um, so I don't know, um, I guess maybe they have different requirements in Europe, but the European, Mm. I I like um, postal services. So whenever I go to different countries, I like to see what services they have. And the UPS trucks in other countries are much newer than the United States, uh, which I guess makes sense. Um, So All right, cool story. So going from um, old planes, to um, new planes, um, United is investing in electric uh, airplanes. What's What are they doing there? So
1: this was um, an announcement made on February 10th, barely um, three days ago. Yeah. Uh, that United is investing in this Palo Alto, California-based company called Archer Aviation. Mm-hmm. And they are involved with vertical takeoff landing um, air taxis, aircraft that run exclusively on batteries, so zero emissions. And what United has done has made essentially a $1 billion investment to purchase up to 200 of these um, air taxis, if you will, um, for use starting in 2025, I believe. Um, sorry, launch in 2024. So the full-scale aircraft is supposed to be unveiled this year. Uh, production is to start in 2023 and the launch in 2024. So what United wants to do is it wants to use these planes to transport its, I guess, high-value passengers or any passenger from um, their origin to its hub airport. And one of the airports where they've been testing this is Hollywood in Los Angeles to LAX airport. Mm -hmm. that's going to be one of the first airports where this is going to be deployed. Um, So United is going to contribute its, as they say, expertise in airspace management to assist Archer Aviation with development of a battery operated short haul aircraft. um, These aircraft currently are able to fly 60 miles, which is about 96 to 100 kilometers, at speeds of up to 150 miles an hour, which is about 240 kilometers an hour. So it's really equivalent to, uh, let's say, from Manhattan to Newark in New Jersey, which is a United Hub. Yeah. Um, So that's what they want to do. And I did not expect this to be... uh, a big focus for United, but it's going to be operated with Mesa Aviation, which is one of the airlines that United uses to operate their regional services. Yeah, it, um, it makes but sense. I just thought it was a, a really, really interesting um, approach that United is taking, given that they've already invested in um, this fulcrum bioenergy for um, sustainable. Aviation fuel, and then in the investment in 1.5, which is the joint venture between Oxy, low carbon ventures and regime capital that we talked about a few weeks or months ago, involving carbon sequestration from the atmosphere, yeah. lower carbon emissions. But the thing that I have again, is everyone is focusing on batteries for aviation and cars and everything. Mm -hmm. how are they going to provide the electricity? Because to generate all this extra electricity (laughs) means you're going to have to burn something, right? Yes.
0: That's the hypocrisy of all this.
1: I'm clearly missing something. I mean, I I would expect hydrogen um, to be very logical for these aircraft. Mm -hmm. But for electric aircraft, I mean, these batteries have to be powered. You have to make the batteries first of all. Right. And these batteries are so advanced. They use all these rare earth metals that are increasingly difficult to get. Well, and,
0: yeah, no, you're right. How, how does Tesla do it?
1: Right, and they keep going on like there's no tomorrow for this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we're going seeing in the forest for the trees maybe. <laughs> I, Possibly. I yeah, but, I mean, we for cannot for to to the screw equation.
1: this up,
0: though. Um, yeah, environmentally, I think we're just swapping one thing for the next because you're right. It takes some form of energy to create the to create. Planet. Yeah, the electricity.
1: Yes, it's all solar
0: and wind. Yeah, but it still take energy to create the solar panels. <laughs> yeah, to create so, the sun. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know, Um and you see this all the time, right, um, the environment, especially is for cars, yeah, that's for what we're we talking about here, but it's true, you're, you're creating one new source, but you're using the old source of energy to create the new source of energy, and the new source yeah. of energy can't sustain itself without the old source of energy, mm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't get that either, um, I guess, you know, in terms of just the electric planes, it's um, uh, Hyundai and, and These are
1: vertical takeoff, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So no runway required or anything. They look a little weird, honestly. I know looks don't matter. Yeah, they're
0: probably they going yeah, to change that design. Because when um, mm-hmm. the initial one, i CES two years ago, they showed huh. the first design of, a, I think it was Sikorsky, they showed the design of a helicopter electric helicopter hmm. when I saw it again um, at CES 2020 um, it was it was it looked very 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 different
1: but remember these are supposed to be unveiled this year so the design must be close to final
0: yeah but they'll when they start flying them they'll realize that it doesn't work how they think it works which is what happened with Sikorsky and so they changed the design and now it looks oh. actually but much no, better no hats off to United I see and, it, and I think it's four engines they show multiple engines, yeah yeah four or six yeah that propellers we're not, we're not building another spruce goose yeah. <laughs> so that's going to change and i think so. what it, and, and that's the thing that they realize um i think the initial um when they design these things they don't get enough power and they figure okay let's use six engines but then, as the technology gets better, and you can get two, um, four engine that will give yep. us same power. Yeah, triple seven. Giving. Exactly. And then they'll do that, and then they'll probably get down to two engines. I'm pretty yeah. sure trying to. Um, and I want
1: to know how heavy these batteries will be on uh, these planes.
0: I guess because 150 miles an hour is not slow. No, uh, but I mean, but the distance they're flying is very short, right? Right. And you need a lot yeah. of power. To, you need a lot of power to do a VTOL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vertical takeoff and landing. And I want to know how much it'll, they'll charge.
1: Or do they charge their prime customers? Not it'll prime be, as in Amazon, well,
0: but. It'll be a, probably just a part of the airfare. Like, like they do that today, right? When you take a train to a plane or you take buses. Mm you uh, take bus to the plane. It's just one fare that the customer sees. It's just a different mm-hmm. fare. But remember, then baggage comes into effect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, That's an additional. And I
1: don't think these little planes can accommodate a lot of baggage, at least from the pictures I've seen.
0: Yeah, well, it's only like four passengers, right? Yeah, that's well, still so, a lot, right? Yeah, so they need to figure, what, 170 pounds, I think is normally the average weight um so they figure that and then uh a bag let's say uh, two bags a person yeah you can't carry you, can, you yeah i mean or <laughs> or they'll deliver your bag by road <laughs> uh, and they'll fly one yeah. of those a300s that um ups just fixed <laughs> across town <laughs> So, uh, I mean, it's it's good that they're doing this, and I think you'll probably see more of this happening uh, as we go yeah. along. The
1: United is being very aggressive with it, and I think that's they,
0: what wonderful. Surprise was they weren't doing autonomous. like NBA
1: actually, British Airways as well.
0: Yeah, because the the, 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 the Sikorsky um, helicopter and also the um, the Hyundai helicopter, which is what Uber is working with, those are actually autonomous vehicles. Okay. So um, it'll be interesting to see how does autonomy play with this eventually. Yeah, yeah. Even
1: that is highly overrated. The autonomous thing. We're going to talk about that yeah. as well later. Okay.
0: But, yes, yes, because I've had some autonomous experiences, and it's actually quite fun. Scary but fun. Um, so, all right. Is there all you had for the United thing? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is that whenever Whenever airlines invest in the future, you always get blowback from like, well, but you don't you don't have any money now. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing this? And they're public companies. So it'll be interesting to see when they do the books how they it's a stock. The books. It's a stock thing. Are they doing a stock buyback or is that what Yeah, it is? So it's a stock
1: swap or something like that?
0: Uh, yeah. Creative finance. it's,
1: oh, it's um, these 200 planes are expected to cost. Billion US dollars uh-huh. with options to buy, um, half as many, yeah, in the future. So, yeah, I, I don't
0: think United has a billion in spare change to invest. I don't think so either. So, my guess is they got to, and if they do, they're in big trouble, exactly. With right. their employees, if no one else, well, with the public as well, but yeah, yeah, um, um. I was just going to, I lost my thought about uh, the, about, oh, so this is a brand new technology, right? So mm-hmm. that means it's going to take a while to pass through FAA and all that kind of certification. They expect it to be two years. Ah, okay. All right, so that'll be um, interesting, interesting. It sounds aggressive, right? but good for It is for them. quite aggressive for a brand new airplane from scratch. Um, so it looks like, obviously this company has been doing this for a while and um this is just like the, announce- the announcement, right? This company didn't just start today. I assume it started a few years ago. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um all right, so, cool. So we'll we'll keep an eye out on that. All right, so the next thing we have is KLM making history with a uh, world's first flight. What have they done?
1: So this I thought was, was was really fascinating. Um, Again, they've done it really quietly um, and I didn't hear about it when it happened, but this was released at a recent conference in Amsterdam of um, synthetic um, sustainable aviation fuel that was held, uh, actually not in Amsterdam, in The Hague, in the Netherlands in February. And what they did is that they created 500 liters, which is about 132 gallons of synthetic aviation kerosene fuel using carbon dioxide, water, and energy from wind and solar um, power plants in the Netherlands at a location called delft Zeal which is actually right on the border with uh, Germany at the very north of the Netherlands. So they have been working with KLM, um, a a company called Sky NRG, uh, Schiphol Airport, and another company called SHV Energy to create this synthetic um, um, aviation kerosene. So they've essentially made it out of air. So water, carbon dioxide, and energy. Um, and it was only 500 liters, as we said, which is about 5% of the uh, fuel payload of this m 737 that flew from Amsterdam to Madrid in January. So this is part of the um, Netherlands government and Schiphol Airport, and their endeavor to make all European airlines use... Um, synthetic aviation of aviation fuel by the year 2050 um and i just thought this was quite remarkable now 500 liters is like nothing but at least start yeah so Um, there are um lots of different facilities within the netherlands for instance there's another um factory um at amsterdam port and in rotterdam and also uh, with other cities and airports in the Netherlands that are that are working with the same goal of uh, zero emissions by 2050.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive.
1: But this is this is quite remarkable, I think.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of this. this so, because
1: most of the other airlines have been using, um, like leftover kitchen oil and, um, creating aviation fuel from plastics and this and that. This is actually creating it from mm. carbon sequestration.
0: So I, I, I... this is from the KLM newsroom. How can that be so scaled though?
1: That's the, that's the big issue.
0: Yeah, That
1: is the big issue. But you know, at least they're trying it. We cannot keep second guessing everything they do because every thing has to begin at a small scale
0: oh no i totally get it but i'm always thinking well, how do you scale it yeah how, how do you make it work for because if you if you can't scale it then it's pointless right yeah it's pointless. Um, but right. i'm i'm guessing that they will use parts of the technology to yeah it, it's cool it's fascinating um so, hmm. all right very cool i wonder i'm curious to know if the person is new. What was happening,
1: how historic
0: this was? They probably made an announcement and, and people go, like, Get me off of here. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the aircraft was registered uh, PHBCH.
0: Uh, okay. So, so you know what's interesting though, Kusha? When you. All right, so is it always going to have this field in it when it flies from now on? No. This
1: was just a test.
0: Uh, interesting. So, how do they? So you have to clean all the lines. No. uh. -uh. But it's not kerosene.
1: It is kerosene.
0: But it's different.
1: It was mixed in with regular kerosene. That's what they
0: said.
1: So no. Because if you have to clean out lines, it's impractical, right?
0: Right, exactly. And unviable. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I was like, oh, okay, I got to start. That's why I think
1: this is so amazing.
0: And I assume they did a bunch of test flights before. they. Oh, I'm
1: sure they did. Yes. Especially with the seven
0: thirty seven. Was it a nine hundred or what was it? I don't I know it was eight hundred. Huh? Eight hundred. It was eight hundred, yeah. I, I we can look at the look at the tail numbers, right? Um so. I have so many questions, but we have so little time. <laughs> um yeah, that's actually quite cool. Um all right. Well let's go talk about Lufthansa. <laughs> I think we talked about them branding a new airline.
1: Yes, I mean, so we were talking, last year we talked about it.
0: Yeah, we were talking about very beginning. We were talking about the name and all that. So, what's your update on that? What are they doing now?
1: So, for some reason, Lufthansa <laughs> thought, and I don't mean to second guess them; they clearly know more than I ever will about this. They need another airline. And they no, gave they it out the they name a of airline. They've exactly. Got, they've got my wings,
0: They've got German wings, which is really Euro wings. They've got cons- Well, no longer. No, so hold on.
1: Let me finish. Sorry. Let just, me finish. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so the board at Lufthansa um, they insisted they need a new airline. And they gave it the silly name called Ocean. Mm-hmm. Well. Ocean is now Eurowings Discover. Ooh, exciting. So, Someone's um, watching Star Trek. <laughs> yes, which again, I think is not the nicest name. It's a little confusing. But it's going to be, from what initial um, press reports are saying, it's going to be in addition to Eurowings. So they, as I said, they announced that in 2022, they would get this new airline called Ocean, which is now Eurowings Discover, and it brings together Eurowings City Line, which is the regional arm, and Sun Express Deutschland, which itself is a subsidiary of Sun Express, which is a Lufthansa collaboration with Turkish Airlines. So Sun Express Deutschland was an airline that had the authority to fly to the Red Sea area, you know, to leisure destinations in the Middle East-ish, and they also flew to the U.S. and all that. But they that aircraft, that airline was disbanded in 2020. Yeah. So um, this is going to be Eurowings Discover is going to be the long haul arm of Eurowings. But it's a different airline because it's got a code of 4Y compared to Eurowings EW. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have crew that are paid at a lower rate than Eurowings. So already the unions at Lufthansa have started screaming in protest. Yes. So and that,
0: So that's what this is all about.
1: Yes. But I think it is so, so confusing. Hmm. Because they're going to, they want to model this after Edelweiss, which is the long-haul um, leisure arm of Swiss. Yeah. Um, but to have Eurowings and Eurowings discover, because they say the livery is going to stay the same, except that they're going to have to add the word discover to the fuselage.
0: Right.
1: And they're going to start out with, um, I believe, three Airbus 330-200s. Um, and they're going to fly to leisure destinations.
0: Right. So it just sounds like it's a way to, to not pay crew as much crew as much for long-haul flights.
1: Yes. It's going to be based out of Frankfurt, but then there's yeah. a medium-haul division coming to Munich in the near
0: future. Yeah. There's no smoke without no fire usually, right? Yeah.
1: There's another problem uh, apart from the unions protesting is that Condor has filed a lawsuit. But we're yeah. getting shortly.
0: Yeah, because I mean, against this. Yeah, no, we can talk about Condor. So, we, I mean, so actually,
1: um, yes. So this is Condor, as I said, was one of the, the reasons why this project may be delayed. Yeah. Um, in addition to the lawsuit by the, the Lufthansa unions. But um, Condor used to be a partner of Lufthansa. It was, it was part of Thomas Cook, but then uh, before that, it was a uh, partner with Lufthansa. So Lufthansa right. used to provide it with short-haul feed for its long-haul destinations, Condor's long-haul destinations. And in fact, um, uh, Lufthansa just announced that uh, they are now going to be competing against Condor, its former... <laughs> because they broke off this agreement in 2020, um, and they're going to be competing against Condor to um, Varadero in Cuba and Montego Bay in Jamaica, starting in November. Uh, These are the exact same routes that Condor was going to fly. So, So of course, Condor
0: is- Hold on one sec. Who's flying those flights? Eurowings Discover? Yes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead.
1: So, Condor has filed suit against uh, Lufthansa and the German cartel office that the termination of this contract that Condor had with Lufthansa uh, was an abuse of its dominant position in Frankfurt. Mm. So um, they've announced the routes that Eurowings discover will fly. And they are Anchorage, Las Vegas, um, Mauritius, Malay, Mombasa in Kenya, Zanzibar, uh, Windhoek, Bridgetown and Punta Cana. No, Houston. And a lot of these services are already operated by Condor. So yeah. they're going head to head against their former uh, subsidiary, if you will, or partner. So I don't know what Lufthansa is trying to do here.
0: Well, they had a breakup, Kusha.
1: Yeah, they had a breakup. And it's messy.
0: <laughs> it's very it's bitter. Messy. It's very bitter. And um, yes. Uh, you Know what's going to happen now? The fears are going to be very competitive on those markets, and the consumers will, will benefit, right? Well, and one of the airlines will have to back down exactly. Exactly. So, we, we have to stay tuned so, to what's going to happen here. It's, it's yeah, this sounds like a messy needlessly, I don't
1: understand why Eurowings could not do this, but again, mm-hmm. it's given positional. that it's new airline code, yeah,
0: yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's a cost issue.
0: Yeah, so they can hire new people. They can say, hey, we're in New Ireland. We can do whatever we want. Uh, Seniority changes. Um, Yep. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of... I'm pretty sure somebody sat down and thought about it. Um, Oh, of course. Yeah. But wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall in the meeting, in one of these meetings? (laughs) You'd have to be able to speak German, of course. But it would be so fun to listen to all the arguments. And when they decide, when they walk out, and um they yeah. kick, kick the chair the chairs back and go, that's it, we're done. <laughs> then, City
1: line, given I mean, given that this is a arm, City Line is a regional arm.
0: Yeah, City Line is a regional arm, yeah. And they've and always been German there.
1: wings is, is out of business, by the way.
0: It's gone. Well, well have they been absorbed so, into your wings? Because they were they were they were still they were very What's cool. that? German Wings and Euro. They
1: were. It went bankrupt.
0: Yeah, they were all together at some point. The German Wings, because a lot of the German Wings flight was operated by Euro Wings. Yeah, oh, that's, was it? Mm-hmm, that's what that was happening at some point. Okay. Um. Okay. But German Wings is no more. Okay. Well, I, I, it's all Euro Wings now. Well, I never understood why German Wings existed after uh, Air Berlin got absorbed into Euro Wings, and then they were doing a whole. There are just too many wings. And I guess also yeah. German German wings were suffering from the the accident that they had, uh, where the pilot crashed the mm. plane. Um, so I don't think they ever recovered from from that. Yeah. Um, jeez, oh, that's so crazy. Uh, <laughs> Given how well Lufthansa is run, I don't know. They had a spat. Sounds
1: unnecessarily confusing.
0: They had a spat and we're just hearing little pieces of it, yeah. but I'm pretty sure somebody has it all mapped out um, of where it should go, what we should do and what makes sense. And um, the fact that the name changed, people are like, ocean, really? And they probably said ocean because it's international, right? Um, and they had to come up with something. Discover, I am wondering if, if, if it wasn't like a German word, and then they translate it over and discovers the word that shows up for it. But who knows? It just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Because what are you discovering? The conscious are already there. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, That's a funny story. <laughs> and uh, is there
1: anything else I wanted to say about this? No.
0: About but the partner? Okay. All right. Good. Um, all right. So staying in Europe for a bit, what's going on with Iberia? What are they coming up with in-flight wise? So this
1: is again, I'm surprised no one's done it before, but there's this university in Barcelona called ESAD, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a leading business school um, and a law school. And they are working with Iberia to, uh, as they say, bring out special content, on dealing with the challenges of digital change um, and teaching consumers about the latest technological developments and skills that companies seek and require. So what they're going to do is that they're going to put these courses on board Iberia aircraft as part of their in-flight entertainment. Yeah, And topics are going to be um, business agility, artificial intelligence, e-commerce, um, multi-channel strategies that they are um, claiming are part of this fourth industrial revolution um, that is leaving a lot of people uh, by the wayside.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: these two these two companies want to do their part to educate their customers. But it's pretty unique when you think about it, but yeah. I'm not sure if people are really going to. Listen to these or watch these courses online It's what? sort of serious stuff, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, do you have to be on the plane to watch it? Or can you just yes, watch it you
1: hmm. yes you do yes you do. So and I, there, I, it's only in Spanish. it's um, part of the this ISAD executive education in yeah. out program. So but who knows what will happen?
0: It might just between be the, now and the rollout. yeah. They might just thinking you know, of different ways to save money on all the movies that they that they pay royalties for, from all the. hollywood now people are gonna
1: watch it. I guess they'll find out.
0: You try them, and if they work, they work. Yeah, and it means that's one less movie or two less movies that you have to get. Um, yeah. Yeah. A good idea, is, though. It is, and people are bringing their own stuff on the planes these days. So, hmm. you know, with all the um, I mean, there's like what maybe. Twenty thirty streaming services in the in the U.S. alone, yeah, not to mention the rest of the world. Uh, because you know, so, there's a there's a lot of other movies and stuff that you know, independent films, foreign film. Well, foreign films to us, uh, huh. but you know, there's a lot of really good Spanish films that um, they're probably showing that are cheaper. So I'm glad that they're actually thinking
1: starting in January next year.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: yeah. curious to see what it is though.
0: Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to keep...
1: Fly on Nigeria to find out.
0: Yeah, that won't be... Well, it's, and given it's, that
1: their flights are so short in Europe, how much can you learn in for 30 minutes?
0: Well, Unless you fly to South America. Then you can learn quite a bit in 30 minutes. So, now, now, does that mean it's going to start from the time you get to your seat? It's on demand, more than likely. Um, you would hope. Yeah, or maybe they'll make it just and you have to be aware of it though that it yeah. exists. So maybe they'll make them just a little longer than the flight, so you have to come back and fly again. <laughs> 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 to go, oh, I need to know the answer to my test. I took the test, but I didn't get my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they'll email you, it's also your test or something. Oh. <laughs> or maybe after you take it, then you can download it. They give you a link or something mm. and you can watch it after. Uh, so that'll be interesting, <laughs> and it but expires again, say, in like a month or them. something. Yeah, that's pretty cool that they're doing that. Um, how are we doing on time?
1: I know people are complaining oh. about me, Esther. <laughs> about...
0: <laughs> no, 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 they're not complaining. It's actually quite an interesting, um, an interesting comment. Um, I don't know how we're doing on time, but I think we're at a, at an hour. Uh, yeah, but remember, remember I paused a little bit and um, we, were, we were chit-chatting. A little, so I, I don't think we're at an, we're at an hour yet. Um, okay, well, let's continue then. Yeah, no, I don't think we're at an hour yet, but uh, hang on one sec. I was trying to find... Um, oh, I can't find my camera. All right. While while we're doing the next um, topic, I'll look for the comment about how long the show is. Um, all right, so we're going, we're heading over to the Middle East and um, we haven't talked about COVID. This is our first COVID-related, COVID-focused story actually, right? Um, that's true,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, so- um, No, that's
1: not true. We talked about uh, Delta, health certificate.
0: Oh, uh, okay. All right, fine. Uh, and I guess we started talking about COVID-19 testing for domestic Yes. Yes. Um, God, this must be really a long episode. <laughs> but what we wanted to talk about was Etihad um, has done some cool stuff, and I know other airlines are following. What have they done? So they made this announcement um, on um,
1: February 10th, I believe, yeah. They were the first airline in the world to vaccinate all their cabin crew, cabin and flight crew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What they didn't say is that whether they would be fully vaccinated and ready to fly, or if all their cabin and flight crew had received at least one shot yeah. instead of the booster. So it was a little surprising then the very next day Singapore Airlines announced that all three arms of the SQ group, which is Silk Air Scoot and Singapore Airlines, they flew their first flights with fully vaccinated cabin crew. So I'm not sure who's the first airline. If it's is it Etihad? Because they never announced any of their flights. Yeah. And who like cares? what Etihad flights operated before the Singapore uh, yeah, but, Airlines but group did?
0: They vaccinate everybody.
1: Bragging rights,
0: I know. No one really cares. Right, kudos to both of them for their ad.
1: Yes. So if you're interested, the first flight ever to take off with a fully vaccinated crew was SQ956 to Jakarta on the 11th, um, leaving Singapore at 9.30. Then there was a scoot flight to Bangkok, 606, at also 9.30. And right. the Silk Air flight, which is now going to be Singapore Airlines, 6.08 going to Phnom Penh in Cambodia, that left at 4.30 on the 11th. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where this leaves Etihad, because they made a big deal about announcing that they were the first airline in the world
0: uh, okay. to
1: vaccinate all their cabin crew, but it turns out not quite. Exactly, because oh, they should have specified a little clearer.
0: It, well, Elal, Elal has also done it. It's just that they're grounded. But, yeah, but they've. But have, has
1: Elal officially announced that all their cabin crew yeah. have been vaccinated? Um, Elal vaccinates
0: one hundred really? percent of staff. Okay. Yeah, so that they, so they've done they've done all they've done customer facing is what they call it. So, okay. which is which That's is the, pretty much which is a ground crew airport and all yeah. that, all those people. Um, because remember, you have to wait 14 days after your second, your booster shot. We
1: really uh, uh vaccinated and immunized. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, because not
0: immediately. So I guess um, we have three airlines. And I don't care about the order. Airlines are so stupid with this. Oh, we're the first to do this. We don't really care. Um, it's so, it's, 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 I mean, we don't, right? All we want to know is that it's safe. So, for, so, so who's going to fight? Um, Elal has done it. Uh, Singapore has done it. And Etihad has done it. And now Singapore, uh, Elal is not flying, but they said they've done it. So were they yeah. first? Uh, I mean, I guess Singapore was the first airline to fly with a fly yeah crew? which is what matters really um, yeah and like you said is it a fully vaccinated crew after the second booster shot or yeah so it just gets this is stupid just tell me that everybody excuse me everybody's vaccinated yeah i don't i don't really care who's first and who's all that it, the, like this but a is, lot I, of
1: airlines are doing this requiring that their cabin and flight crew
0: but when I, know, I know United had mentioned it and yes. there's a lot of people up in arms about it. You can't force people to do that. As yeah. a part but who, of it. Where did
1: I read that there was this one company that was offering 100 US dollars to every employee who
0: took the vaccine. Yeah. Get who
1: it was. I'm not sure it was an airline, but it was some company.
0: I mean, you know, it's, it's encouraging people to do it. There's still people who don't, who don't uh, yeah. believe, believe in vaccines and you know, that's you. You can do whatever you want. I can't tell you how to live your life. Um, but, um, I mean, vaccinations have worked. Um, yes. They, they, they're working. Everybody reacts to them differently. I took the flu shot and I got the flu, but I was fine after. Um, you know, some people some people react differently. Yeah. Um, and uh, but anyway, kudos to, those, to the three airlines who have successfully vaccinated, um, either their flight crew or all their customer facing. It just makes it so confusing. It's not like when I go to pick an airline I'm like, oh, so is the crew vaccinated? (laughs) Yeah. Is there like a little needle and a a little needle and a thing that says, yep, airline, maybe when you go booking your flights and Google Flights or something, it'll have like a little vaccinated thing next to it. I
1: don't know. Again, I wonder if any of those three Singapore flights if they announced anything on
0: board, um, yeah. And, 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 you know, it'll be like, I, I bet you if they, um, and it doesn't matter, right? Like we we're just talking about, it, it's price. So yeah. people are not going to go, hmm, I'm going on this flight and Etihad Elal in Singapore is on it. Um, hmm, or, or some other airline, right? And the other airline isn't vaccinated, but it's cheaper. They're taking the cheaper one. <laughs> It's, it's yes. similar to the 737 MAX, which, by the way, United flew the
1: 737
0: Yes, MAX. on the 11th. Yeah. Dude, how is that not a topic for us today? So, <laughs> uh, I think that's the way Boeing would prefer it. Oh, it's just, it's just a But phrase. you're right. You're right. All right. I, I'm inserting. Because it why it. would we focus
1: on United when we didn't really do anything about Aeromexico
0: or WestJet? Um. Or, yeah. well, we did talk about American. No, we did. We talked about American. We talked about WestJet. We talked, yeah, we talked about all of them. And uh,
1: Alaska yeah. starts next month, as does Southwest.
0: Yeah, we had a whole episode about uh, yeah. About the Max. So, yes, yeah, so United did do their first flight. I think it was yesterday from Denver to Houston. The 11th, yes. I did 11th, Denver to you. And, and um, it was a pretty full flight well of course all the seats are taking you know how that is all the aviation geeks right there yeah I, I saw a bunch of friends um were showing and
1: almost no one um has uh, wanted to take another flight because of their fear of flying on a max Good and enough. they started with 20 plus flights a day yeah united which yes. is pretty remarkable
0: yeah well, <laughs> so it, it's it's basically the the scheduler the schedulers are probably like we're throwing all the planes in yep yeah because it's not like should though right yeah i mean they're more efficient anyway right so it's like then they've been waiting for them to to fly um so yeah and i thought of putting something together and uh and i think i need to do the video to to tell people no news
1: is good news as far as the 737 max is concerned
0: well, yeah, and it's good. I mean, it's the safest airplane out there now because it's been under such scrutiny. Um, so but yeah, so, United's back in the skies. And I guess Southwest and uh, and who you said it was left? Alaska. Alaska. Do you know when they when they are?
1: March. March 11th, I believe. Oh, okay. I think right.
0: so um so and, and I think they flew it was the 9 United flew just up They there. only have 9s. Yeah. Denver to. But they, I don't think
1: um, they've ordered any eights.
0: Yeah. Well, they um, they can get some at some really good deals right now. Yep. Probably a better deal than they paid for those um, electric planes.
1: Remember, Flair
0: has already taken <laughs> some of them. Oh the... yeah, from our, from episode six from last five, week. We yeah. talked about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Boeing delivered twenty three. Seven thirty sevens in in January, that's pretty good. Which is a
0: good deal for them. Yeah, because they only get paid when they deliver them, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: or some most of the payment, yeah.
0: Yeah, crazy. So, um, all right. So enough of the max, I guess. It'll it'll become commonplace, right? They'll be like, oh. Um, so I, you mentioned this story and I'm kind of saddened by this story because I've actually flown this airline um, in Namibia? Done? Yeah. they did, yeah. Yeah. All Could of you? a sudden,
1: on uh, the 11th of February, two days ago, mm-hmm. they announced that they had entered voluntary liquidation. I don't know uh, what that means. I mean, I don't think you really have a choice, right? If you're yeah. going to liquidate but they stopped all operations and they're refunding um, all bookings back to to customers. And they're giving all their 630-ish employees one year of salary from the point they were laid off.
0: No way.
1: Yes. So um, interestingly, they have a code SW.
0: Yes, they do. I've flown them. So
1: Okay. <laughs> um, so, yes, the finance minister of Namibia said the situation with state-owned airline, unsustainable. Um, they apparently explored other strategies, including other carrier investments and um, other turnaround uh, strategies, mm-hmm. and they failed. And what is even weirder is that for whatever reason, Air Namibia has not been able to provide any financial statements over the past few years, despite decades of government support.
0: So where do you get the money um, from? To pay all so the
1: that's, How is that allowed to pass? Because the government of Namibia has subsidized or paid the airline over 540 million US dollars. Hmm. Um, and as I said, all of them, all employees will be paid for one year. And um, this comes after an, areg- an agreement that Air Namibia reached with a bankrupt Belgian carrier called Challenge Air because uh, Namibia had leased a seven six seven three hundred,
0: 300
1: Yeah. Um, and they had some disagreement uh, regarding the lease payments and the maintenance contract of this aircraft. So they had to reach an agreement with this Belgian airline. Um, and then subsequent to that is when the government announced that the airline was going to bite the dust. Um, they only have, it's a very regional airline. They fly mm-hmm. to Botswana, South Africa, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and the one long haul destination, which is Frankfurt. Yeah, uh, with, They have uh, four 319s. Um, Two of them owned, two of them leased. Uh, Two 333s, the Airbus 330 330 leased, which were operating to Frankfurt. And four uh, 135s from Embraer, all of them leased. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this tiny little airline called Westair, which flies Cessnas and uh, Beechcraft and Pipers and some ERJs that they expect will take over service to south africa and there's also Airlink, which is the regional airline in south africa that south
0: will african airlink yeah definitely. there's also Comair that flies that route
1: okay to, win- yeah. to windhoek
0: yeah yeah british air was Air. Okay. yeah they okay. fly between uh, windhoek and um, joburg okay which, which is the same market that um, south african flies Okay, so that's, I mean, sorry, yeah, Namibia, flies. the last flight was in, um, was from a town called Rundu in Namibia
1: to Windhoek with an E one thirty five. Yeah, on I, the eleventh of February.
0: Yeah, I flew the uh, one thirty five. Um, they get um, so Namibia has a German influence. Uh, the Germans mm. actually settled there many many years ago, and so they get a lot of people coming from Germany to, to Namibia. Um, post safari. Um, interesting yeah. enough, in Windhoek, the streets have German names. <laughs> oh, do they? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. You're like, really? Yeah, they have a very, 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 very large uh German influence there.
1: But so, does South Africa, right?
0: Um, yeah, but but Africans, is, yeah, maybe <clears throat> it's uh, the, the history goes way back, and the history is not pretty. Um, yeah, yeah so it, it goes, um, yeah
1: colonialist history is seldom
0: yes exactly so it's a lot of um, it's about taking the land from the local people and it's it's ugly um when you hear um, the locals uh, talk about it um it sounds like they're just bit off more than they can chew the, the long long haul always kills you um because mm. it's, it's so expensive right yep and um, KLM flies into there from Amsterdam and- um, They've stopped. They, yeah, but I mean, before all this- And Qatar also yeah. has stopped
1: and they don't oh, yeah. know if they will resume.
0: So before all this, th- that's who they had, but then they were still flying and trying to compete against those airlines instead of partner um, yep. You know, with those airlines that are coming in because those airlines have, they, they got the money, they got the fleet. There's no need for you to do all that. I think even like- one of those African countries has a triple seven. And I'm like, why do you need a triple seven? And it flies some wind hook to, I think it's Rwanda air. I think it flies some no, wind.
1: They have 330s, Rwanda. But I know which one, I know what you mean. I'm yeah, there is an African is it, airline that has a triple seven LR.
0: Is it the Tanzanian one? No. <clears throat> uh, there's it's one of them.
1: Very but, offbeat.
0: Yeah. And they're flying to Windhoek. I'm like, why do you have a 777? Why are you flying into Windhoek? It just doesn't make because any sense.
1: Because Gondor is starting, as we mentioned, and Euro Discover. discover.
0: Well, well because, is- because Germany to Windhoek is a huge market. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no question about that. And I think that, you um, know, maybe uh-huh. I was trying to capitalize on that, but obviously that didn't work. Um, and the, the problem too with African travel is that uh, the airfares are very expensive. Um, Intra-Africa, it's ridiculous how expensive it is. Um, and until, that's why, that's why airlines like um, Kalua and Kalua, Kalula and- uh oh, no, no. um, that's a drink. Yeah, nationwide, right? That's a drink, nationwide survive um, because African travel is super expensive. There's an and, airline called Nationwide? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's in South Africa. Insurance company? Yeah, well, insurance company here. But okay. um, um, I think they're still around in, uh, in, in South Africa. Uh, they, they're they based in Joburg. Okay. And, and so that's why whenever you hear all these little airlines, I'm like, but you have so many other airlines that are there. And we're going to talk about all these airlines that are popping up all over the place. And and we know mm-hmm. what's going to happen, show We know they're going to go to business um, because the, the markets... Just can't sustain it. Just yeah. like how just like with in Namibia, they basically put themselves out of business, I think.
1: Yep. Um, and they want another airline.
0: And they want a what?
1: Another airline to replace it.
0: Yeah. It's this like, is a national pride thing. It is a pride thing. And it's like, well, this one failed. Why do you think this one failed? And you all oh, you're gonna do just cut up another one and using the same assets, I'm sure. Um, to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but in Namibia flight I had was really good. I had I had a good, a good It was a one thirty five, I think it was, okay. and um and I met one of their um she was a she's a, a local football star, uh on the on that flight. It was actually quite a quite a fun flight. Um, so I did it because I wanted to fly here in Namibia, <laughs> and I was going into Windhoek, so that was perfect. Um, all right. Uh, and also, that time? That Argentina.
1: That was a surprise to me. They were number two in Argentina. They actually stopped flying in June last year. Oh,
0: okay.
1: And they blamed the government. Um, the airline industry has been extremely critical of the Argentine government, um, <clears throat> as they call them, the local industry actors, um, for imposing one of the world's toughest air travel bans in the, the country. country. The country Argentina.
0: shut down. Yeah, they had yeah. shut down completely.
1: Um, so this is after 15 years um, that LATAM Argentina stopped flying. Um, and as I said, they stopped flying in June last year. And then just this week, um, they officially declared that it would not be coming back. Yeah. Uh, LATAM Argentina. They had 13 320s and uh 2767300s um
0: i'm thinking i flew them I okay because I, but i think i they flew had about
1: them. A 12% seat share in argentina yeah. following aerolineas and then there's fly Bondi and jetsmart which is from chile
0: yeah I, um, might, I might have flown them under their previous name which is lan argentina
1: yeah they st- um, I
0: think,
1: there was still land. Uh, they was the aircraft was still
0: marked as land. Yeah, marked alien. as land, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and and just so you know, um, uh, everybody understands in 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 Argentina, um, and um, I guess, I, I guess it's actually it's actually Chile because Line is based in uh, in Chile. The but entire have, LATAM
1: group is in uh, bankruptcy proceedings.
0: Yeah, which is really uh, crazy, right? But, yeah. but, but just to, get, I guess to give a, a history, there was, um, there was TAM, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, Brazilian, right? Yeah. They were, And there's um, mm-hmm. LAN, which is um, Chilean, and they merged and created LATAM. And then, um, but in each of the different countries, they have to have a different airline in each of the different countries. So there was already LAN Argentina, LAN Chile. Um, Peru, also Brazil, Latin, Peru, and, um, also. and yeah, so they're different, they have to register in different countries, just like Europe. You don't realize it, but when you fly on a lot of these airlines, they, they're registered in different countries and they have different names so they can operate. And LAN was very similar in South America. Hmm. Um, so now they became LATAM and the. 1,700
1: passengers of employees. employees. Yeah, that's.
0: So um, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Yeah i mean it's it's weird right because we we are seeing it here in the u s um but in the smaller countries it's it's devastating um uh, because the airlines mm-hmm. provide so much employment for the local community yep um yeah yep. Uh, it'll be over soon we hope um okay, so our interview is out, the time is out, and uh meanwhile. We zoom across the uh, oceans, and we get to Hong Kong and Cathay Pacific. Uh, What are they up to?
1: They made this announcement. um, This was from Executive Traveler, that um, no longer would passengers in their premium cabins be required to wear masks while they were sleeping. Uh, And they cited the reasons as being the high enclosures around premium seats and the greater degree of personal space and distance between um, travelers as the reason, uh, one reason why Cathay Pacific was no longer requiring um, mandatory masks all through the flight for all passengers without exceptions.
0: Hmm. They don't want Um, the money. Well... It makes sense actually. It does make sense, but it is very
1: difficult to sleep on a flight with masks on. Um, they also said that their aircraft are um, extremely efficient at filtering out virus particles with the HEPA filters that are on board the planes. Um, but Qatar Airways made a similar announcement. But cafe well, was.
0: Well, Cathay, uh, Qatar, Qatar, you didn't have to wear the face shield in business class. That's what they always had.
1: Okay, I don't believe Cathay required a face shield of passengers.
0: No, Cathay. Maybe. Yeah, Cathay does not, but um, huh. um, Qatar does. But in business For passengers? Class, yeah. Is but that in, right?
1: Okay, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, they, they give it to you, um, when, you okay. when you board. Yeah, but they, but they didn't require it for business class passengers. Okay. Yeah. People wore it, but it, it's not a requirement for business. Huh. So, um, okay. I guess, you know, it makes sense.
1: It was a minor announcement, but still.
0: No, I mean, it, it's a big deal. I mean, they're trying to get people to get back on the planes. Yeah. They're trying to get people with money to get back on the planes. Yes. Um, and, and so, I, like, I, I read that report and I was like, okay, can we stop talking about HEPA filters on planes? <laughs> we need to stop doing one, two things. And that's
1: the one marketing reality, but right? It's, but it's, it's not,
0: actually true. It's no longer marketing. We know they have filters on planes. We know they work. That's not why people. We are know, but them. the
1: average public has no idea.
0: Because it is not why people are not flying. People are yeah, flying, flying. you they're scared. So who cares if you got HEPA filter? And also, who cares if you clean the planes? Those are things that you're supposed to do anyway so i think we're 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 beyond that and as soon as the airlines realize that we are beyond all that and stop wasting marketing time on that because you know what i've had people who've flown on these planes and they're not clean so whatever you're telling us your ground not doing what your marketing is saying so stop wasting time on doing that right um we, we need to think about the whole thing as a whole, you know, the vaccination thing is what's on the people's minds. Mm. And so I'm the three, the three airlines that have vaccinated their crew. That's actually, as you say, a selling point. But I don't care that you're the first one or the second one or the third one. I just care that the people who are serving me are not sick. That is really what people, people, um, people care about or that the person I'm sitting next to is not sick. But anyway, I'm rambling again. <laughs> so kudos, Cathay. Um, all right. So we've gone a long time, Grisho, but we have um, one more story in airlines and then we're just going to call it an episode because we've, we've got airport okay. aircraft. We've got at least five other things, four other things to talk about. And that's not going to take 10 minutes because, you know, somebody's a talker. <laughs> all right. So... Despite the fact that we're losing all these airlines, um, we just lost Air Namibia and LATAM. There are still a bunch of airlines being formed. Like seriously, what's going on?
1: This was an article that was behind, um, is it called a paywall? A pay where you had to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I got got a lot of details from other sources, but um, between 30 and 34, depending on how you counted, airlines in 2020 went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And what I was curious to know is is that way above normal or is that normal compared to a regular year? But um, some of them, of course, were like Air Asia Japan, Air Italy, Avianca, uh, um, they went bankrupt um, or they. Stopped service. That was yeah. the criteria. There was Flybe, there was German Wings, there was Latam, Knox East Eastar Jet in South Korea, which I didn't know about, and South African. Mm-hmm. So, what this article talked about is that despite the pandemic, 2021 is going to be a boom year for airlines taking advantage of the pandemic mm-hmm. and low brief slates, low, low lease rates for aircraft and cabin crew to start mm-hmm. service. And they detailed some of them. And they went by the geographical area, for instance, in North America. They have Breeze, right. which is the newest entrant from David Neeleman, based in Salt Lake City. Um, then there's this um, uh, Avello, which is to be based in Houston. Then there was another airline from Miami. Then there's uh, another one from Cal- Calgary in Alberta. And of course, from Quebec, which I'm assuming is uh, OWG. Right. From Nolinor. Uh, from Latin America, we talked about this months ago. There's this ITA Transportes Aereos from Brazil, from this ITA Pamarim group, which is a travel group. And there's another regional carrier coming out called Nela that's Mm -hmm. operating ATRs also in Brazil. Um, There's um, another ULCC in Brazil called Ultra Air. Now, I'm wondering if this has anything to do with the Spanish carrier, which is Plus Ultra. That has anything to do with it, but I couldn't find anything to relate to. That's starting summer 2021. And then Jet uh, JetSmart, which is also a ULCC, is interested in starting um, Colombia and uh, Peru uh, ventures.
0: So, crazy, absolute crazy.
1: And then in Europe, they talked about this airline called Fly Pop, which we had also mentioned months ago. And I finally realized, oh, got a uh, definition of what op stands for. It's people over profit.
0: Um, this
1: was an, a venture that started in 2016. Yeah, They wanted to donate 51% of their profit for to improve the human species, like investing in uh, education and poverty and all that sort of thing. And, um, and in 2020, they got funding, and they're planning to start in 2021, mainly flying to South Asia, uh, specifically India, and also the US, hmm. based out of London and the UK. Um, then there's B, which was a UK regional, and their assets have been purchased by a Cypriot company, and they plan to start to, re- to resuscitate the carrier in partnership with Virgin Atlantic, wanted as a regional feeder. Yeah. Uh, then there's ETF, which is easy to fly um, from <laughs> Croatia. So they want to fly from the Croatian Adriatic coast to um, France, Germany, and the UK uh, with a 737 800. Uh, then there's World to Fly, which is from the tourism group IberoStar in Spain. Okay. They want to start with 330s from Spain to their strategic destinations in Cuba, Mexico, and the Dominican Republic. Uh, then, of course, there's Lufthansa and their Eurowings Discover <laughs> after German Wings and Sun Express Deutschland uh, were shut down. In Africa, there's Lyft, um, which has already started in South Africa. Yeah. And then there's Green Africa Airways based in Lagos. Now, who knows how long this one would last because Nigeria seems to have a reputation of starting airlines and going bankrupt within a few weeks or months. Uh, Then in the Asia-Pacific, there's a lot, no surprise. There's AirCL, which is based in this town called Sialkot in Pakistan, and it's actually owned by the city's chamber of commerce, which I never, oh. I'd never heard of anything like that before. But that's very interesting. So let's see how long they go.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, then there's um, Hong Kong-based Greater Bay Airlines that is wanting to step in to take over the routes of um, Cathay Dragon that are not utilized by Cathay Pacific and Hong Kong Express. Uh, They want to start with 737s because there are apparently 100 routes mostly to China that are currently not utilized. Uh, Then there's Fly Big in India. There's Viet Travel that we talked about. Right. Air Premier and Aero K in South Korea. So.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Let's see how long, how if they yeah.
1: all now, come to fruition.
0: No, I get it, right? As uh, entrepreneurs, when you have money, you know, it's the way to do, right? It, it's a downturn, and because it's a downturn, you can get stuff really, really cheaply. I Totally get it. Because we were actually saying, hey, you have all these airplanes parked up around the world, um, and you can get them really dirt cheap. Plus, yeah. you have a lot of yeah, you, you have a lot of crew that's been laid off for whatever reasons. Yep.
1: Um, And airports
0: want to traffic. Yeah. But, you know, it's the reason why their airline didn't operate is not not because they probably had expensive overheads, but it's because people aren't flying. And that hasn't changed. People still aren't flying. Yeah. So, I mean, you could form all the airlines you want. I mean, you're going to have because Breeze, okay, so Breeze is going to start up. um, But all they're doing is just taking away the little passengers that the other airlines, yeah, don't even have, and so you just stretch it along. You, you yeah, I'm preaching to the choir here, right? <laughs> so I don't get, I don't get it. Um, but you know, whatever. We'll see how that yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, is it all you had in that one? Yes. All right. So all right, we're gonna wrap up. But I did wanna because we mentioned. Um, this is a comment we got about, uh, we're actually longer. I'm pretty sure we're over like a proper hour and a half on this one. Um, but so <laughs> sure. This is the comment I got. Um, my friend says, I also find it funny how Kusher is obsessed with the length of the podcast and I know it comes from the right place slash right psychology, uh, of how podcasts should work, you know, as an aside, My Star Trek podcast shows similar concerns. So I was curious, though. There's a Star
1: Trek podcast?
0: Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, there's a podcast and everything. (laughs) Seriously, literally, there's a podcast on everything. Um, So, yeah, the the length of an episode is always something that people, as podcasters, we struggle with, right? It's like, you know, are people listening? Where do they drop off and stuff like that? Now, he did ask, um, does... um, does the metric show this Do longer episodes of lower download rates? I don't know. Um, I have to actually go and try to analyze analyze that. Because what it doesn't tell me is how long, like in a, in a YouTube video, you could see where people yeah. drop off and all yeah. that, but I don't have that metric here. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure but, it got though, right? What's Who that? Has an hour and a half to listen to? Well, if, if you're out walking, um, that 's kind of yeah. what we do for podcasting. how many people are walking uh, well, probably quite a bit, except in Houston, not today though it's too cold <laughs> um, but you know if you 're sitting around doing nothing, which a lot of people are sitting around doing nothing, then you want stuff to listen to if you 've watched enough Netflix episodes so. um, and at least we have the video versions, right? so if you want to look at our faces, talk the whole time, then people can do that. But uh, another friend had a podcast, and it was actually over an hour, so I, I think we 're good um, so far, um, let's see, uh, he did have some comments for you though, on, on the things that we did, um, okay, um, these are thoughts on episode 59, um, we spoke about JAL's initiative to allow passengers to forego meals on the Red Eye from Jakarta, or was at Bangkok, from Bangkok. From Bangkok, it was okay. So he says. Um, uh, <laughs> he says that I suggested that JAL should pass along the savings to the passengers, um, but he said I think I may have missed the motivation. Seems to me that the motivation is reduction of food waste, which is a huge cultural touch point these days. But um, we mentioned. Yeah, and he says sure. Uh- Jal saves money by not having these meals, but the true motivation is being responsible. Um, is being re- motivation is being responsible people, uh, you know, which 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 makes which makes sense. Um, but I'm just always think if the airline save money, the consumer should save money as well, and I don't think that's that's what usually happens. Um, but it's point no. is taken. He says, you also added the idea of hotels allowing guests to forego laundry to save the environment. Again, suggesting that money slash points incentive would help. Um, and he had a side note, he says, I seem to remember staying at a hotel that did give points for foregoing laundry, but he's not sure which hotel did that. See, so I'm not too far off, Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what, for what this word, um, uh, that's a different piece, simplistically, blah, blah, blah. blah. There is another one thing he gave. Oh, if a hotel incents every guest who foregoes laundry, and he says there's a percentage of people that, they, that would have done it anyway, and so without, done it without in, incentives. So the hotel ends up overpaying for the action. Um, it's kind of like if somebody's going to do something anyway, why give them a thing? However, though, when check-in started, the airlines were actually, quote-unquote, paying you To check in online by giving you points. And then once everybody started doing it, then they stopped. So it's kind of. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize. Initially, you were getting like 500 points just for checking in online because they wanted people to do it. Wow. Um, And so it's the same. Quite a lot. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, it's, but it's. To, to them it's just a currency that ends up they ends up saving more money in the long run. Yeah, now, yeah everybody does it right it's a thing if you don't have it people people yell at you so it's kind of the same thing with the hotels mm. um, eventually people just do it but right now you need to incentivize people to do it so they they do it and you yeah. can take it away mm. eventually. Um, let's see I think that was um, all right. I did have another comment from a, another friend of mine because we had an episode and we we're trying to figure out where, when when Khrushchev showed his 777 flying and we were wondering, um, it was a 77X that was flying. I wonder where all those uh, wind things that are underground. Mm-hmm. Um, He says, um, it's in Eastern Washington near, Uh, where the test flying I think it's Moses Lake where the test yeah yes okay so that's where that's coming from so good well thank you guys we really we really appreciate um your you guys listening and giving us comments um and um you know if if you think we've said anything that doesn't make any sense which you know is very true (laughs) we could do that from time to time feel free to let us know um um you know as you do remember we are on spotify we are on amazon uh we are on google podcast we are also on um itunes which is the big one um I, we get a lot of downloads so some people come into the website and download and we appreciate that no questions there so thank you guys very much this has been episode what do we say 67 and um anything else before we go kisha nope all right, so I am Kerwin here at my buddy. We're true. And um, we're After done. After a busy episode. Yeah.